0: This is Carolyn Hawley. Welcome to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. For the next half hour, you're going to be encouraged and challenged by Skip and his guests as they discuss the game plan for life. In sports, as in life, it's important to have a game plan. And as Skip says, no game plan,
1: no victory. Game Plan for Life with Coach Skip Hall is brought to you by the following sponsors. Dutch Bros of Boise, an experience guaranteed to satisfy. Therapeutic Associates Physical Therapy, your partner in health. Bacon, you gotta love it. Mass Mutual, will help you get there. And Summer's Funeral Home, every life leaves a legacy. The Eagle at North End 76 stations and on-the-fly service station on Calvester and State. McDowell Specialty Repair, Hendrickson's Fine Jewelry, the place to go for that special someone. And now, here's your host for Game Plan for Life, Coach Skip Hall.
0: Welcome to Game Plan for Life. This is your host, Skip Hall. Well, today we have a a, a very uh, exciting guest that's done a lot of things, and uh, we're going to hear his story. His name is Max Mohammedy. And he goes by Max giving uh, at times. But, uh, Max, welcome to Game Plan for Life. Oh, thanks for having me. It's good. Absolutely. Well, from operating restaurants to feeding the homeless, running for office, Max continues to have a noticeable impact in the Boise community. But I wanted to go back to your roots, uh, Max, and, and uh, you were born in Iran, mm-hmm. and so let's, let's take it from there and kind of march us up to, to the present. Well, it was
2: um, summer of 1977 that I left the old country of mine, Iran, and then I was actually born in Tehran, Mm -hmm. and then um, I came here uh, with the blessing of my family. In fact, 1976, I tried to come. That was my first attempt, and the U.S. consulate said, he's too young, he's going to go get lost. Why Mm -hmm. don't we just keep him one more year and then have him reapply? So... We took that step, and so 1977, August 5th, 1977, I landed in Laguardia Airport, mm. and New York, and my journey began west of uh, New York, and then um, I was landed in Boise Airport. Mm. I um, was received by my uncle and aunt who were living here at the okay, time. Okay, and they went back about five days after I, I was here. Mm-hmm. Took a 60-mile trip to west of Boise to small community town, uh, Fruitland, Idaho. Fruitland, sure. Yeah, that's where my um, journey began as far as, you know, starting my... Um,
0: Putting your roots down.
2: Yeah. Uh, what an amazing experience. It was a blessing to live in a small community because I came from very big cities. And that by itself, um, I didn't really know what to think. Not only yeah. was a Cultural shock, language shock, sure. and everything shock, was also was population shock because I oh. came from at the time was uh, Tehran was a population of three million, and I came to Fruitland, Idaho, population <laughs> about eleven hundred. Yeah, so yeah, it would be a shock. Um, that's where my I guess roots started form in the northwest, and after graduating from high school, I went to Treasure Valley Community College. Then at Eastern Oregon State University, I did come to Boise two summers. Mm-hmm. That was 1980 and 81. Took some marketing and economic classes from sure. Dr. Gary McCain and Dr. Peter Linkstein. Amazing experiences again. And um, went back to Oregon, graduated in 1982. Mm-hmm. Briefly moved to um, California, Sunnyvale, California, and did not like what was there. Yeah. I couldn't put up with the California. (laughs) Then I'm sure I don't want to have anything to do with it now because Boise has been such a, I call it like a sunkist city for not just only me, but for so many. There's so many beautiful things has happened here.
0: It's a little Camelot.
2: It is. Yeah. Absolutely. Incredible. 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 Yeah. And I think that little camelot was uh, Mrs. Morrison also had a little camelot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you
0: know. yeah. Well, Max, uh, once you got your, your, your roots uh, planted here in Idaho and, and uh, you started uh, a career, you were in the restaurant business I know for a while and why don't you tell us about that?
2: Well, I always, you know, I've, I love people and I love hospitality industry. My, my background is business economics business administration with the emphasis on uh, personnel management uh-huh. and so I found myself a niche that I love to be in front of people I did not really like the office work just being behind the scene right so I had to be up front and meet and greet Greeting, people yeah. and I, that was my nature i I value that and because of that I have literally touched so many hundreds of thousands of lives because the restaurant business, you get to meet so many. And I did it for 33 years. I was successful at it. And when the event happened that we had to end up closing, obviously it was the biggest um, void for me. However, the biggest void was really losing the contact with the people who started as my guests and they became my friend. And and we kept that alive. And today that has served me very well. One of the things I did um, early on, I was always searching for something to do to give back. Mm-hmm. And that was instilled in me through my grandparents and my great-great-grandparents and my family, my own mom and dad, that we have to give back in the communities. All cultures are always, you know, it's not a tax thing. <laughs> they don't for even sure. use that for their tax uh, purposes, but they just do it as a being a community stakeholder and influencers. Through my journey, um, establishing my roots, I was always looking at something to do. In fact, I remember it was um, 1980 I would say 8384 when upper Cross downtown burned down, I was able to um, persuade my higher management to give part of the proceeds that we make uh, for those employees who had lost their bus- their job for during the holidays. So that is the, one of the early things I started doing, raising money for whatever needs there may have been. Sometimes it's been tsunamis, sometimes in different stuff. But for my own, uh, I guess, well-being in my community, I was always looking to see what I can do to make a right impact. And it came like I was fortunate to have restaurants, and I went ahead and one year I decided instead of sitting around the house and waiting for guests and you know or being invited to somewhere. Why don't I just do that at my restaurant and give the food mm-hmm. to the ones that are needy? And I had yeah. to find a date and time. And one night I said, Well, Max, uh, Thanksgiving will be amazing for it. Mm-hmm. So I started with the help of 17 volunteers with my own immediate family. And at a time when I was married, my children. And then we had um, uh, some uh, volunteers. So we started feeding the homeless on Thanksgiving. And that grew to where by the time we closed the very last year, we were serving about 2,000 people on Thanksgiving. We had the area, um, I guess, citizens, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, residents. Sure. They will help me to set this up. We had steering committee five weeks before to get the program started. We had uh, 283 volunteers that helped me put that together. And the biggest one we had to cook was hundred twenty eight turkeys. Ooh. And that is, you
1: know <laughs> it's a lot of bird. One or
2: two turkeys at a home is yep. is enough chore, let alone doing it that way. Then I had uh Dale and Dave Creek with Better Creek, they will open their doors Better so we Creek, can go who? yeah, we will open they will open the door and we will go volunteers will go carve the turkeys. We'll go carve the turkeys there and mm-hmm. uh we do what we had to do to get that amazing program community-based program started Mm -hmm. and as a result we did a huge uh, I guess uh, drive as far as when people will come and want to help out to where we had to actually turn people away Mm -hmm. so Having said that, um, there was times that I could have used, uh, like, say, monetary funds. In fact, the TV covered it, where I was struggling because of a turning event, an economic turning event, and some misfortune that happened within my company. I um, had companies that would want to sponsor that. And I honestly, because it was so dear to me and my community, I never allowed that to go in the corporate hands mm. Because uh, I wanted to keep it, right. you know, with the with the community. Yep. Uh, yep. So yep. it has served me well, and also at the Casbah, and when we had it, anytime there was a homeless man will come through the doors, we will feed him for free twenty four seven. I mm-hmm. mean, any, any every time we were open. So, so I did that, but the everyday business was kind of quiet thing. But the mm-hmm. big Thanksgiving, Giving right. was mm-hmm. what really um, catapulted us to be known as someone who does so much. We yeah. will close a restaurant, no pay for anybody that came through. We had amazing people came as volunteers, some of the most influential people, uh, wealthiest people, they will dress down or up and come and serve these people. Yeah. And that really touched me. But since I've closed a restaurant, you probably know I have done more serving of food mm-hmm. through collaboration with local restaurants, yeah. bakeries and whatnot. I'm, I'm thinking in the last uh, Approaching our five years uh, 25th of this month I've served over 200,000 sandwiches No kidding And I don't know A countless amount of bread And pastries wow. I mean those are not even yeah. Part of it But my tie And um, There's a poly bakery uh-huh. uh, The one that have been And I hope for people Who are out there Looking for To do To do things that is nice these people help their community our homeless community on an everyday basis so I would like to congratulate their vision and their heart as well that's awesome and their team
0: absolutely well we're going to shift gears here just a little bit we're going to get into Max giving in a a bit but uh, I want to talk about uh, something that happened uh, after September 11th and uh, I know you were asked to speak and why don't you kind of share that experience with the listening audience
2: well you know, every one of us have certain, um, I guess, crossroads we pass. And September 11, as uh, hard as it was on us, as a country, as uh, people who were so gravely affected by that uh, tragedy, I, um, that was when I think I found my inner peace, and what I had to do to serve. Mm-hmm. I had a call. This was September 11. Obviously, I re- we all recall when we were of age to know where we were exactly standing when that happened. And I had gone back to work in the morning uh, after, you know, uh, night rest, and I will go and see um, my operation. I get a call from a local leadership Basically Christian based, uh-huh. and I was um, asked to see if I want to speak at the candlelight vigil that's going to be held on a September twelfth. Uh-huh. Mind you, we don't in- didn't know our enemy at the time who st- struck us mm-hmm. and and all the things that followed. So they said, "Would you be able to come and do this?" I told Marty, I says, "Why don't you?" Just give me a second, let me think about this, Mm -hmm. because I knew on my own I would be privileged to do that, but I had my, at the time, my former wife Mm -hmm. and my children at home, I said, what if I go up there and um, speak the truth and tell them what I think of them, Mm -hmm. and then I have backlash against my wife and daughters and my family. So I had to kind of think that through. Yeah. All of a sudden thought came to my mind is, Max, you have to, this is like you've been called to the call of duty mm-hmm. and you're going to go serve your country. And all of that is secondary. You, your country will take care of things, but you need to be, you've been asked, you be like a soldier, you got to go serve. So I had to put that thought to rest and this is like literally 20, 30 second thought. I had You're to right. have him wait. And then um, I got on the phone. and said, you know, I'll be honored to do that. But I had to process that right. to make sure what I'm doing is right or not. So I'll be serving. Mm-hmm. So I went and spoke at September well, it was September 12th at the Candlelight Vija at the, at the Quest Arena. And my message was so well received. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I don't know if, the, if we can find the archives on that. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, show of support and things that followed. And um, my message was very clear, very, uh, very simple. It was about humanity and humility Mm -hmm. and unity and trying to bring humanity together. Yes. As hard as it was. Right. And then that got finished. I got a lot of hugs and, you know, amazing, uh, positive uh, vibes, if you will, from the crowd. Yeah, yeah. And then that finished, and then uh, a day later, I get a call again. It says, "You know, Governor Governor Kemptorn wants you to speak at the at the capital steps with all the dignitaries and you know the people who want to." You have a nation is going to stand by at high noon, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and we're going to have our messages. Mm -hmm. So I carried on the same message that I basically had finished on on September 12th, that candlelight vigil. That, again, catapulted my um, awareness in the community and what I had to do and inspired a lot of people. And I got lucky that message was, I guess, captured through... National Public Radio mm-hmm. and was broadcasted and that NPR segment was also was being broadcasted at the Capitol Rotunda in Washington, D.C. when the president and the senators and everybody was there to commemorate.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, um, my talk got finished and I was showered in so many ways. People had lined up to come to my restaurants and just support me. That's great. Yeah, and absolutely. And then I didn't realize the f- people from even from Australia yeah. they came and congratulated me. It says thank you for being a voice for us,
0: Yeah
2: because even as I said, people who live in a different continent they were also fearful of what is happening. That right. was they wanted to have some kind of representation, somebody who can tell this story. And this is whoever did it could not have done better as far as picking a person. And yeah. I felt very humble.
0: Yeah,
2: and. um from there that's where i got my i spoke at least probably 60 different um events after that uh, boardrooms uh, synagogues and the, you know the churches, schools churches schools, yeah and i got a humanitarian peace award from interfaith um i guess organization here in boise through un chapter in fact it was given to me at the jewish synagogue downtown i don't know if you remember the downtown synagogue that was moved to later, I believe, that uh-huh. uh, by the Morris Hill Cemetery. So, anyways, I got that award, and I got a lot of different awards from different people. We had um uh, person who was in charge of um, USS Boise submarine. They came and visited with me, General King, God bless his soul, him and... General French from, I think he was from Montana, they came yeah. over and visited with me. A lot of different dignitaries oh, yeah, and whatnot.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, that's, that's so good. Well, I uh, want to keep moving on here. I uh, want to talk, uh, I know that you you ran for mayor one year. And, and 2003. I think, and I think the reason that you ran was try to change the perception. And, and tell us about that.
2: Beautifully said. You know, it, when I ran uh, as a mayor of Boise, because when I was traveling across the country, and every time I... Ask, or someone asked me Where do you live I said Boise, Idaho They're thinking like What the heck <laughs> Boise, Idaho <laughs> How do you You know Land from You know Halfway across the world In yeah. Boise And then I had to Kind of explain What's going on They would say like Isn't there a bunch of Ku Klux Klan people I said never met one <laughs> I'm sure You know These people have Different opinions But that's what Democracy is all about I I I had an opportunity uh, at a time, Mayor Cole would come visit my restaurant quite a bit. So it was the other uh, politicians and mm-hmm. dignitaries in the community and the state. And I um, found an opportunity that with all the things was going on, I'm going to run as a mayor of Boise. People like Max, you could be easily shooing and become a city council member mm-hmm. because people know you. Why don't you just do that instead of, you know... Mayoral position. Mayor, well, yeah. they didn't know why I was running. I was running because, first of all, I uh, love the city I, I was living in. And I want to be proudly be the one that, if I was elected to uh, represent Boise, Idaho as his best. Mm-hmm. That was my vision. But I also changed the perception of Idaho. It's not a bigot state. It's not just, you know, monolithic as far as the mm-hmm. um, cultures of what I has, And... Uh, it served me well. I said, even if I don't win, I'm going to be able to show that people of ethnic backgrounds do very well in Boise and do um, rise up to power, of you know, to become powerful leaders, if you will.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And as a result, I ran uh, with uh, Mayor Beter and Juan Colleen and Chuck Winder, which we all have. Great respect for one another, yeah, yeah. and it was a great, um, I guess, club to be part of. Yeah. But there was a station back east that someone called me and so said, Max, do you know there's a station back east? says there's an Iranian-American running in Boise, Idaho <laughs> as a mayoral candidate. There you go. And that was when I got my, I guess, vision answered yeah. because – I want to change that perception. Yeah. I think yeah. those little points is what has brought Boise yeah. to where it is today.
0: Yeah. So. Absolutely. Well, rather than pursuing a political office after that, you've, you've focused on feeding the homeless and the hungry. And that's where we want to shift now. We want to talk about the heritage of, heritage of giving, and talk about Max giving, and I know you were uh, given an award by the College of Idaho for humanitarian award. Mm-hmm. And uh, but let's let's talk about Max giving. Let's let's dive deep into this now. And and if people are interested in getting involved, at the end of the show here, we'll give the inf- contact information. But let's go to Max giving. Well, that was I, I guess we kind of touched a little
2: earlier about how you started it was Thanksgiving and then it became Maxgiving later on and that was really was beautiful part of it it was a very innocent gesture as somebody who is a new American mind you that I'm a first generation American yep. where your forefathers were or people's forefathers were 200 years ago is where fast forward I am living in those shoes yep. and as a new immigrant you have to get, you know pay your dues You have to establish yourself. you got to set yourself apart from just the norm and do whatever you can to show that you're also fully involved in everyday, um, I guess, life um, experiences. Mm So um, I wanted to... That's where the name got established. Yes. And that's how the people knew about it. And I... About was it 2003 or 2004? I met a very good friend of mine. Now he's a younger brother to me, Dan Harrington, and he was around me. And he at times he talks about who certain people who chiseled him through his life. And one of them he talked about at our events or his event at Max Giving is the um, people who inspired him, mm-hmm. and. Um, Him and I were sitting at the Casbah and Opa Lounge, and uh, that evening we were talking about different things and dot .com, things that become very popular, and I've never really thought about it. Dan is brilliant at technology, and I was talking like, I wonder if the name is taken, because it was just usually casually used within our community, but never on a worldwide web. So... As a smart he was and is, and he just kind of looked it up and said, Probably taken. And so, next thing you know, the name he sent it to me, it, it got a text that showed like, he goes, Now you own the name. So, anyways, once that happened, um, we were going to not use the name. He asked us if the name could be used for him to raise money for nonprofits. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud of him because um, he turned it totally into technology. Mm-hmm. And uh, Max Giving now, through his vision, is serving about um, over, a hundred, uh, over a thousand events a year mm-hmm. throughout the country, North America, uh, seven provinces in Canada, and they've just moved into uh, South America. Wow. So um, I believe they said they've raised over $300 million last year alone. Really? And uh, helping the nonprofits. That's awesome. Yeah. And their vision is obviously they're growing. And um, it's just good to be thought of and have an organization that is becoming so powerful um, to serve the nonprofits to where our heart is in the right place. And for him to offer it as such an affordable medium, it's, uh, is, it's wonderful to see yeah, yeah. all these non because every penny that comes in is very valuable and we cannot just sure. give it away because the greedy companies
0: yep, yep, that yep. Well, feeding, offer those services. Feeding the homeless under the bridge and, and, and all the different things, the many events that uh, that you have. and, and you, uh, At one point, I think there was... Uh, I read about you had one hundred twenty thousand meals served by yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean that's 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 unbelievable. But but yet a heart. Tell us what it takes to to be um, in the giving mode. What are the what are the important attributes?
2: Is you have to have everything in your heart. Yeah, and you have to not look at a big picture. You have to take it on a day at a time, and be able to commit the time. Commit. Commit Big. is a very strong word in English language, I think. Mm-hmm. And commitment and time, I think, is very valuable for right. anybody who wants to get in- involved.
0: Right, right. right. So let's, let's talk about that. We've only got a minute left. But how do people get involved? Let's talk about the, the website, the Facebook page, uh, direct people, to, uh, how they can get involved.
2: Well, with my program, obviously I've done it all these years by myself. But things are growing. I'm able to help people who have a vision they want to give. Give them ideas as to what they can do to get involved in nonprofit world. Because everybody has different cause and different reasons they want to get involved into um, how to give. I would say get online. Uh, I can get a hold of a messenger. Go on their website and um, just Max Mohammedi. And Max Giving, if they want to help with Max Giving side mm-hmm. of it, uh, through uh, maxgiving.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, locally here, we are, they're a growing company, and um, just get in touch with our team. They will take a very good care of you.
0: Well, Max, it's been a, a delight to have you in, and we really appreciate what you're doing in the community how you you're helping people that are less fortunate and and we just want to encourage you to keep uh, keep on keeping on because it's a it's a very valuable thing.
2: Well, thank you. It is uh to be here in your presence, it is obviously <laughs> an honor and to have you thought about me to come here and give you a I guess a talk. This is inspirational Absolutely. radio and this is how you have inspired others, well, and I'm trying to do the same. Well,
0: so. you, you are. You're inspiring a lot of people. And thank you so much, Max mohammedi for give,
1: being a guest
0: on Game Plan for
1: Life. Game Plan for Life with Coach Skip Hall is brought to you by the following sponsors. Christian Brothers Automotive. Security Gold and Silver, a reliable source for your bullion investment. Domino's. Oh, yes, we did clothesline cleaners visit clotheslinecleaners.com. rocket express car wash it's a blast and hoffman auto body hoffman auto body someone you can trust if you would like more information on how you and your business can become a sponsor of game plan for life with coach skip hall just call the radio station at 208-377-3790 and someone will help you get in the game
0: Thank you for listening to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. This is Carolyn Holly inviting you to listen at this same time on this same station next Saturday as Skip and his guests go over the Game Plan for Life. Have a great weekend. And remember, no game plan, no victory.